Welcome into the Talk of Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, joined by longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com, Travis Ryer, the Talking Tide podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. You can catch us live on YouTube and Facebook as well. Give us a follow, give us a subscription uh, on Facebook and YouTube. And of course, you can get Links to our podcast through the Twitter feed. That handle is talking underscore tide. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter as well. I want to thank a couple of sponsors really quickly. DraftKings and Peterbrook Chocolatier. More on them a little bit later in the program. Travis, we begin uh, this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Coming on, I guess it's been about 10 days uh, since you and I last cast the pod here on Talking Tide. And so much has happened since then, uh, certainly most notably and most sadly, uh, a shooting death involving an Alabama basketball player, uh, Jamia Harris, a 23-year-old female, not a student at the University of Alabama, uh, gunned down near the strip in the early hours of Sunday morning. And Darius Miles is one of two who has been charged with capital murder, uh, long way Way to go process a lot to come out still the warrants uh, were made public just yesterday indicating that uh, miles provided the gun uh, to michael davis uh, who's the alleged uh, shooter in this incident and uh it's just it's a sad situation in every way and first and foremost you just feel for for the family of the victim primarily travis Oh, absolutely. No doubt about that. I mean, there's going to be obviously stages and layers to this uh, criminal case moving forward, but it's not going to change anything in terms of the finality of a young mother losing her life senseless, senselessly. So while you certainly hope justice uh, prevails as uh, sort of a tribute to her or to provide her family with some sense of closure, it's just a wound that's never going to heal for those poor folks. So, yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, uh, that's where the focus should be. And Nate Oates speaking in his press conference on uh, Monday, I believe it was, in the in the uh, kind of the immediate aftermath uh, of this terrible instance incident, uh, said he spoke with Darius Miles' mother a couple times on Sunday after he got in the news. First got the news on a phone call Sunday morning, called uh, Athletic Director Greg Byrne right away, uh, pulled the team together for a team meeting on Sunday, spoke with Miles' mother, uh, I think he said multiple times. And so really quite a whirlwind uh, if you're Nate Oates, Travis, and you've got to uh, somehow ask – Miles' teammates to compartmentalize what's transpired and then turn around and go to Nashville and play a basketball game. Really a, a, an impossible situation, I think, from that standpoint. Yeah, I think you heard Jerry Stackhouse talk about it after the game in Nashville on Tuesday night, how he was a bit amazed that Alabama was able to play the basketball game first and foremost. And then, you know, to go up to Nashville and get a win. And it was the sort of spotty, spotty performance, I guess we should have anticipated. Although Brandon Miller once again was tremendous. I think it also spoke to the cohesion that we had seen from this team on the floor. This looks like a pretty tight knit group. Uh, even when you watch the bench during games, guys that aren't in the game 
seemed very supportive of the guys on the floor. And then when the guys on the floor uh, are, are on in that situation, likewise. So uh, that was certainly, you know, put to the test. And, um, you know, I don't think there's anything good that could have come out of the immediate wake of the events of early Sunday morning. But maybe if there was a time to hit the road, to go on a road trip, uh, this could have been it for this Alabama team. Yeah, and staying on the road, right? Road trip yeah. uh, against Missouri upcoming. Uh, so uh, it'll be a while, I guess, before Alabama is playing again in Coleman Coliseum. Uh, but uh, the Darius Miles situation continues to unfold just this evening. Uh, shortly before we started recording the podcast, we learned that he's retained Turner Law Group, which is a local criminal defense firm uh, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, even though a Birmingham firm had previously put out a statement on Miles' behalf, uh, and we understand now that Miles uh, wasn't aware of that statement, and uh, the the court filings uh, are showing Turner Law Group, at least as of this morning, uh, representing Darius Miles. So uh, very quickly, a change in representation for him. You wonder what that, you wonder though, what transpired with the Birmingham firm. Yeah, you do. And again, I I suspect just one of a few twists and turns that are going to be a part of this process moving forward. And look, you hate it for Darius's family too. You feel terrible for those folks. Yeah. I mean, we talk about first and foremost, getting the most dreaded of phone calls that a family can possibly get. And that starts with Jamia and her family, Uh, but also Darius and and his family, you know, uh, having that conversation, having those conversations with Nate Oates. um, That's nothing any parent would, would ever want to endure either. Alabama, Vanderbilt, we'll go ahead and turn uh, back to sports now. And, of course, as the Darius Miles situation unfolds over the course of months and maybe years it'll take, who knows, typically these things can get dragged out an awful long time. Uh, We'll stay on top of it here on Talking Tide. Uh, But uh, to the court they win, as we mentioned, Travis, despite this uh, tragedy, Alabama uh, traveled to Nashville on uh, Monday and uh, played Tuesday against Vanderbilt. They win that game uh, by 12, excuse yep. me, 78 to 66. The final score, 30 points for Brandon Miller and kind of a homecoming, right? He's from Antioch, not too far from Nashville for him. Uh, unfortunately, the storyline certainly was not a Brandon Miller homecoming. It was about miles, uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, they come up with another win uh, and, Although Vanderbilt chipped away, Travis, and got that score, uh, I think, within six at one point in the second half, uh, Alabama able to win this one fairly handily again. Yeah, and Alabama comes out to start the second half up 10, and I think it was like a 17-4 to run to open the second half. They go up 23, and you're thinking, wow, this is going to be the rare coast job at Memorial Gymnasium. You typically don't experience that especially Alabama teams. Just last year, Alabama goes up there and has to hang on for dear life after being up 10 in the second half. Um, But they got the job done. I think in some ways it was beneficial to Alabama. Liam Robbins, the big for Vanderbilt, the seven-footer out with an ankle injury. Uh, Alabama was able to take advantage of that, I think, both in the paint and then also on the glass for a lot of the game. And 
Yeah, Brandon Harris. I don't, uh, Brandon Miller, excuse me. I don't know what else you can say about the guy. And, and I've talked about it many times. I, what impresses me as much as anything is he gets his numbers so efficiently, right? 30 points on 16 field goal attempts. It's not like he needs 20, 25 shots to get 28, 30, 30 plus points. Now, you know, he does a good job too of getting to the free throw line. He did that again to an extent, but. Yeah, the finish, I'm sure, not exactly what Nate Oates would like. But again, considering the circumstances of the previous couple of days, I don't think Nate's beating on that drum too hard after what his team has been dealing with from an emotional and psychological perspective. Yeah, no doubt about it. Another nice game for uh, Jaden Bradley as well. He's six of nine from the floor, um, ends up scoring 12 points, had uh, three rebounds and you know, this guy is really, uh, and he did have four turnovers, led the team in that category. Uh, but Alabama had 14 turnovers on the road. It's been a while since we've seen Alabama just go hog wild and give up 20-plus turnovers, Travis. And that's kind of part and parcel to the streak they're on, right? They're on a seven-game win streak. And uh, their narrowest margin of victory in that seven-game win streak is 11 points. No, No one's even played within – 11 points of this team or 10 points of this team over a seven game win streak. They're, 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 they're on fire. They're right now. They're projected as a one seed. That's never happened. I don't believe in, in school history that I know of. No, uh, this team continues to be setting some standards from a historical perspective. So uh, it continues. And uh, a lot of it, you said, uh, taking better care of the basketball had some issues. I would say probably more so even in the second half, on Tuesday night in Nashville and probably fouled more uh, than I'm sure Nate would like in the final 20 minutes. You look at it and Vandy got to the free throw line 16 times in the second half, made 14 of those. So that certainly helped the Commodores cause. And boy, a year ago in a couple of games against Vandy, they really shot a high number of free throws. I think it was 36 in Nashville in the first game last year with Scotty Pippen Jr. drawing so many fouls. And then like 45 in the SEC tournament game. So you look at it, Vandy goes 14, excuse me, 16 to 20 from the line. Again, compared to a year ago, that's yeah, that's that's not too high of a number. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, also of late, you kind of, or I kind of notice anyway, a little, a certain amount of chem- chemistry with the pick and roll between Quinterly and Betty Ako. Um, sometimes they complete that play. Sometimes Betty Ako can't quite flush the jam. There's been a couple uh, that, that he hadn't been able to finish. Uh, but I think more so, and maybe it's just because of Quinterly's crazy quickness, but I think more so than Bradley or Sears, Quinterly seems to be able to get Betty Ako that pick and roll pass better, better than the others. Well, and the thing about Javon, for better or worse, a lot of times he's not afraid to throw that pocket pass through traffic either. And when it works, you know, Charles has pretty good hands when you think about it for a seven-footer. So there's some trust mm-hmm. that has to be involved there as the the point guard in that situation or the on-the-ball guard. And Javon's not shy about at least trying to get it to him, whereas I think Jaden can do it too. Uh, but Jaden, I think, is especially good at locating open shooters from beyond the arc and then getting Mm -hmm. them the basketball in perfect shooting position. Time after time this year, you watch Jaden, and when he gets into the paint, and if you leave a shooter like a Brandon Miller, he'll locate him and 
get them the basketball in a way in which it's catch and shoot with ease. Yeah, Bradley does a great job when he penetrates to kind of staying under control. I think Sears is pretty good at that as well. Uh, but Bradley's so strong, he can go up and take a bump and give a bump, right. and create a little space for himself. And and uh, you just you, you love the way he attacks the rim. There's no doubt Alabama in great shape uh, at the at the one position for sure. Missouri coming up next, as we said, Travis. Uh, that'll be. Uh, uh, coming up this weekend, and uh, Alabama, Alabama will be looking to go to 70, 17 and two, if I'm uh, reading yep. it right, seven and zero in conference play. So just uh, it, it, it's they they've ever since losing to Gonzaga. Gonzaga was the last loss that was in over in Birmingham, and uh, since then uh, they they've handled everybody. Yeah, and Mizzou last year making that trip. Tacoma, it wasn't a particularly good experience for the Crimson Tide. Going into that game, I want to say Missouri was one of the very worst three-point shooting teams in the league. And of course, Alabama played some zone in that game and Missouri shot the lights out in a six-point win uh, at home. So I last checked this evening, as we do this uh, later on Wednesday night, first half of Missouri and Arkansas was nip and tuck. So we'll see how that one plays out. But a couple of road games in a row for Alabama and an opportunity to exercise a, a few demons from the road a year ago. Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network, the Twitter feed, talking underscore Tide. Give us a, uh, a follow there uh, and subscribe on YouTube as well. going to thank a couple of sponsors now. We're going to start. Uh, by telling you all about DraftKings, the NFL playoff action continues one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL rounds, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with the DraftKings Stepped up, same game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. That'll help us out here at Talking Tide. New customers, once again, you can bet $5 on the NFL playoffs and get 250 excuse me, 200 in free bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. There they are, those hand-dipped chocolate strawberries. And we know Valentine's Day is just around the corner. Go ahead and pre-order your hand-dipped chocolate strawberries for Valentine's Day right now at 205 205- 7520211 if it's after hours leave a message they'll get back with you someone will answer the phone between 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday those are the hours of operation for Peterbrook Chocolatier so make that special someone in your life feel even more special with those hand dipped chocolate strawberries maybe mix in some other goodies as well they got the chocolate popcorn of course got the carousel with all the mixed goodies right there uh, you're going to find it all at the Champions of Chocolate, Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa.
And my wife, Michelle, brought home some of that chocolate popcorn about a week ago, Ooh. and it disappeared uh, yeah. blink of an eye. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's just... It's like a David Copper. Home, yeah. You it's like a David Copperfield act. I had to yeah. hide it. Yeah, even with the kids out of the house, it doesn't last because <laughs> of me. So uh, it disappears fast either way over there with uh, with that great Peterbrook chocolate. All right, we're going to close out the show with a little bit of football talk. Travis, uh, Pete Golding moving on to Ole Miss. That news transpired uh, since our last podcast about 10 days ago. Uh, so I, Nick Saban's got a D.C. hire to make. He may very well soon have an offensive coordinator hire to make as well. We'll see what happens with Bill O'Brien. A lot of talk that it's just a question of where uh, uh, in terms of uh, his next destination. But Pete Golding, uh, the first to go of the two, Travis uh, off to Ole Miss. Uh, and the search is on. A lot of chatter about Jeremy Pruitt. Travis, of course, uh, he's – Still doesn't have full adjudication from the NCAA, a potential show cause penalty there. You wonder how that may or may not muddy the waters uh, for Nick Saban as he looks back at a guy who uh, put together back-to-back number one national ranked defenses uh, for for UA. So a lot of fans certainly uh, high on Jeremy Pruitt. They don't care. They don't have to worry. If you're a fan, you don't have to worry about that show cause. So no, no. It's a different issue if uh, – if you're making the hire, but Glenn Schumann, another name, a couple others as well. Yeah. Those seem to be the ones most prominently bandied about. And of course, Alabama still trying to work through this late signing period. Everything just happens at once these days in college football on the calendar, man, you play, uh, you know, the, the bowl games, the postseason. you have the early signing period, the transfer portal window, the start of the spring semester, uh, it's a lot to juggle these days. And so it'll be interesting. Once again, we know Nick Saban very capable of multitasking. So he's got more than one thing on his plate right now. No doubt about that. Yeah, it's a juggle. The transfer portal window officially closed today, uh, which of course it doesn't mean you can't make a commitment elsewhere. If you're in the portal, you just have to be in the portal now uh, if you're going to transfer. And of course that window is going to open again uh, in mid-April uh, on the backside of most, if not most of the spring games, it'll stay open certainly until all the spring games are in the books. Uh, so uh, that's something to watch for as well. Maybe some transfer portal activity. Austin Armstrong, Travis, Southern Miss coach, mm-hmm. uh, headed to Tuscaloosa as well. Uh, apparently to replace Kelly, who was off to Colorado. That was another move. Yeah. And, you know, I think some of it too is you're trying to make sure you got enough guys on the road for recruiting purposes. So, from a timing perspective, at least going ahead and adding one member to the staff with Charles Kelly and Pete Golding moving on uh, helps you from a number standpoint in, in that area. But, man, you kind of dig into Austin Armstrong a little bit. How about this guy? He was playing college football in 2013. And now he's an on-the-field assistant at, the, at a place like Alabama. So it's been a rapid yeah. ascent for Austin Armstrong. And just about anywhere you look or anything you you check out, it's it's a glowing commentary on the young assistant. And, again, it'll be interesting to see once everything is done from a hiring perspective exactly how the positional assignments play out, how the coordinator roles play out, 
Armstrong was a linebacker when he played. He's coached inside linebackers uh, almost exclusively, I believe. So, you know, you connect some dots sometimes with Nick and trying to figure out how his staffs are going to lay out. And then he'll zig a little bit when you expect him to zag. Been known to happen. Been known to happen. It was uh, one of the earliest zigs I can remember is the Jim McElwain hire, right? Kind of yeah. came a, a little bit out of the blue on the heels of uh, uh, Major Applewhite's uh, exit after Saban's first season. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Mac, Mac wasn't the only one. So they, they uh, no, sometimes uh, they he, line up, sometimes they don't, you know? Yeah. You yeah. can't just, he's a, he's a tough, tough one to follow in that way. When you start trying to connect dots. Next time Nick Saban will be talking to the media, unless I'm not, unless something happens impromptu, um, he'll probably do a little media session from the senior bowl. Travis coming up here in a couple of weeks. He usually gives media, uh, takes a few questions from reporters from the senior bowl. He typically visits a practice, uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday of Senior Bowl week, which this year is uh, uh, first week of February, last week of January. So uh, we'll see yeah, I mean, what he says about it then, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he ought to coach the whole damn team's down there just about, right? I mean, when you yeah. add them up, he just coached the game. Yeah, they got eight down there, right? It's a, <laughs> a big number. So uh, Senior yeah. Bowl people don't mind that, though. They like that. They like that number for Alabama players, eight. Would have been nine, but Will Riker did the uh, the one eighty coming back to school. I think that's uh, I think that's big for Alabama. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's that surprised a couple people, I think. Because usually when you say I'm going to the Senior Bowl, that's it. You know, you don't you don't see a lot of Senior Bowl retractions. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but yeah, no question about it. Uh, Will Riker come back to kick one more year for the Crimson Tide uh, could be awfully big in some close games. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join us next time. We'll be talking some more Alabama basketball and plenty more. That Senior Bowl uh, will be a lot closer uh, when we talk again, uh, and we'll stay on top of uh, the Darius Miles situation as well. So for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodred, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. We'll talk to you next time here on Talking Tide.